0: Listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at WellChurchVT.com. Hey, good morning, Church. Well, before I start my sermon today, I want to just take a moment to thank everybody for being so flexible these last few months. You know, it's been 15 Sundays since we had our last in person gathering, and that has required a ton of change, a ton of adaptation. And I just want to let you guys know that I am so proud of you and our church community. You have demonstrated compassion and understanding, you've demonstrated care, you've shown grace and maturity so many times and so thank you for that and i also want to thank you for sending in your recorded testimonies and exhortations it's been so cool just to watch and see your guys' faces as you share kind of what god's doing in your life and and challenge and encourage us so thank you for that i'm just i'm very grateful to be a part of this church community and just want to take a moment to thank you all well the last several weeks we have been discussing spiritual rhythms And I hope you've had opportunity to practice some of the rhythms we've been talking about because there are tremendous benefits that come when we practice and incorporate healthy spiritual rhythms into our lives. Uh, First and foremost benefit is that spiritual practices and rhythms help us become more aware of God's presence. And I continue to be convinced that we live better lives when we're actively aware of God's presence, when we know that we know that we know that he's with us. Secondly, spiritual rhythms have a way of enriching our relationship with God and others. Not only do we live better when we're practicing them, but we love better too. And it has a way, these rhythms, these practices, they have a way of affecting all of our relationships. Not just our relationship with God, but our relationship with our family and our neighbors and our co-workers and the world. And then finally, spiritual rhythms remind us of how dependent we are on the Holy Spirit. They position us to receive Holy Spirit empowerment, they enable us to do what we can't do by willpower alone. You know, when I was in high school, I played for our basketball team, and my freshman and sophomore year didn't go so well. I, I just, I didn't play well. And, and I tried hard. But what I realized after two years, my freshman and sophomore year of just trying really hard, um, I became discontent with my playing and I felt frustrated with my performance and the reason is is because I hadn't yet come to understand the difference between trying and training and so that summer going into my junior year I decided that I was going to practice and train on my own every single day that summer for three hours and so from 9 a.m. Till noon, rain or shine, didn't matter how late I was up the previous night. At 9 o'clock, I was going to be at the outdoor high school basketball court. And from 9 to noon, for three hours, I practiced and trained. Because my discontent was so great with my playing that I stayed disciplined and stuck with it. And I remember my first game back. It was our first game my junior year in high school. We played a team from Ottawa, Canada called the Lancers. And from the moment that I walked on the court, I felt like a completely different player. Everything was more fluid. It's like I was relying on muscle memory. And it took over. I was more instinctive. My ball handling, my shooting, my passing, my defense, my court awareness, my speed and stamina and confidence. It all just felt dialed in and natural and fluid and instinctive. See, all that practice and training that I did over the summer enabled me to do what I couldn't do before. And the same is true with our efforts to follow Jesus. That when you and I, when when all we do is try, really hard to follow Jesus, we usually end up feeling defeated and discontent. But when we train, and when we practice the way of Jesus, it it begins to feel more instinctive. Slowly but surely, it just starts to feel natural. So when the moment comes for us to love our neighbor as ourselves or to take our thoughts captive, or to take up our cross and and follow Jesus, we're no longer dependent on our willpower alone. But we're dependent on the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and the muscle memory he's worked into our lives, this spiritual muscle memory. And so spiritual practice, spiritual rhythms, enable us to do what we can't do by willpower alone. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8 says this, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Hmm. Well, today I want to talk about the spiritual rhythm of fasting. And it's something that Jesus himself practiced. In fact, he spent 40 days fasting Before launching his public ministry. And I want to read about that in Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. And so, Jesus was led, we're told in Luke's Gospel, by the Spirit into the wilderness. Why? That's the question we have to ask. Why did the Spirit lead Jesus into the wilderness to go without food for 40 days? Well, we have to jump ahead to verse 14 to answer that. What we find in this passage of Luke chapter 4 is that after Jesus resisted the devil... And his 40 days of fasting in the wilderness were complete. We read this in verse 14. Then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. See the reason the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to fast. Was to strengthen and empower him. And that's what the practice of fasting is supposed to do for us. It's supposed to strengthen our spirit and empower us to do God's work. So I want to give you my favorite definition of fasting. I can't remember where I heard it or who said it, so I guess it's mine now. That's how it works. Let me give this to you. Definition of fasting. Fasting is the practice of hungering and being homesick for God and his kingdom. Let me read that again. Fasting is the practice of hungering and being homesick for God and his kingdom. Now, I can't speak for you, but I have been feeling really homesick for God and his kingdom lately. Just seeing all the pain that this pandemic has caused and the horrific racial injustice in our land, it has me hungering for God's kingdom to come. I just feel homesick for his kingdom. You know, the words to the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, have never felt more urgent to me than they do now. And if you and I are going to respond well to this cultural moment we find ourselves in, we need God's strength and his empowerment. And fasting can help us with that. Because what fasting does is it forces us to sit in our hunger and in our homesickness and feel it. It it, it forces us to to sit in that hunger, to sit in that homesickness and just feel it. Because when we do that, when we sit and feel our hunger and homesickness for, for God and his kingdom, we become better equipped to participate in God's perspective. It it provides us with an opportunity to form this interactive life with God in the world around us. And, And so fasting positions us, it positions us and gives us the opportunity to engage in solidarity with a malnourished world. That's what fasting does it positions us to engage in solidarity with a malnourished world now there are three biblical reasons for fasting and i just want to uh, give these to you one in scripture we find that fasting is practiced by god's people to prepare them for confession and repentance. That's one of the biblical reasons for fasting. To prepare God's people for confession and repentance. It's a way to humble oneself before God. And I have to tell you, that is needed right now. This is the perfect time for the white church in particular to practice fasting and engage confession and repentance. There's Another biblical reason for fasting Is fasting? In scripture, we find that fasting is a spontaneous response to a grievous event. In scripture, we find God's people fasted when they were brokenhearted. Again, how appropriate for us today. As we stand with our black and brown brothers and sisters who are having to proclaim that Black Lives Matter. I can't believe they're having to proclaim that. How heartbreaking is that? Um, it's appropriate for us today as our elderly and immune compromised friends are hearing the message that the economy is more important than they are folks these are grievous events and so fasting is a spontaneous response to grievous events we see that in scripture the third biblical reason for fasting is fasting is a way to stand in solidarity with those who are suffering under the chains of injustice I want to read a passage from the book of Isaiah, chapter 58, where Isaiah the prophet is talking about the fasting that God wants. And Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6 says, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? When your light... No, sorry. Verse 8. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call... And the Lord will answer, he will answer your cry for help and will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. Wow. So fasting is a way to stand in solidarity with those who are suffering under the chains of injustice. And so this cultural moment that we're currently living in, it intersects with all three of these biblical reasons for fasting. All three of them. Now let me quickly mention three things that fasting isn't. And I think that's important because there are a lot of harmful ideas around fasting. And so let me just give you three. I gave you three reasons why fasting is biblical. Let me give you three um, things that fasting isn't. One, fasting isn't strong-arming God to answer our prayers. You won't find that idea anywhere in scripture. The reward of fasting isn't getting our way. It's getting God's perspective. That's the reward. And so if we approach it as kind of a hunger strike against God or somehow kind of strong-arming God to give us what we want, uh, we don't find that in Scripture. The reward isn't getting what we want. The reward is getting God's perspective. Two, another thing fasting isn't, is fasting isn't a spiritual excuse to change our body image. As humans, we have a very complex relationship with food and body image. And so we have to make sure that our fasting isn't about feeding that shame or unhealthy illusion of self-worth. And then finally, fasting isn't a spiritual badge that we acquire in order to feel superior to others. And fasting is none of those things. Fasting, once again, is the practice of hungering and being homesick for God and his kingdom. All right, let me wrap up just by giving you a few pointers on how to practice fasting wisely. Um, let me just start by saying this. Fasting food isn't for children or for people who experience food insecurity or food scarcity. Okay, I just want to qualify that. Fasting is not for children or for people who are experiencing food scarcity. Uh, also, fasting food isn't smart, it's not wise for people with blood sugar issues or those who have wrestled with eating disorders. That being said, that doesn't mean if you fall into one of those categories that you can't still practice fasting. Because there are other ways that you can fast. You can give up coffee or sweets or snacks. Um, You can take a break from social media or your smartphone for a time. Whatever you can abstain from that will cause you to hunger and feel homesick for God and his kingdom works. Now, for those who can give up food, there are many different kinds of fasts. And so you also have to be cautious and smart about which ones you practice and how you're practicing them. Uh, There's something called a full fast where you just drink water for a time now if you do that it's really important to educate yourself on best practices because if you're not careful you can do lasting permanent harm to your body so so please if you're if you're doing a full fast and i wouldn't recommend that be your first fast either you kind of have to build up to that and learn more about it but if you if you do do that uh, please educate yourself on best practices uh, to be to be safe and healthy then there's also a, a liquid fast where you drink fruit and vegetable juices to provide you with some nutrients and nourishment. And of course, there's partial fasts, where you just give up certain foods or you skip a meal or two. Um, What's important to understand about fasting is that there's no formula involved. Fasting is about creating a space to allow yourself to hunger and sit in that hunger for God in his kingdom. It's about positioning yourself to feast on God's perspective. So maybe you're listening today and you're recognizing just how much you need to create a space right now in this current cultural moment. How much you need to create a space that allows you the opportunity to sit in your hunger and homesickness for God and his kingdom to come to earth as it is in heaven. Maybe you're you're recognizing this morning that you are in need of God's perspective. Maybe you're wanting to form an interactive, a more interactive life with God in the world. Maybe you're recognizing that you have a need and a desire to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do God's work more instinctively. Well, if that's you, I want to invite you to dip your toes into the waters of fasting this week, and we have a resource available just to kind of help guide you through that, and that's going to be available uh, through a link to the, the sermon podcast, and you can um, download that resource um, that'll help you as you venture out into into fasting this week. Well, let's pray together, Heavenly Father. We come before you aware of our need, aware of our lack, of your perspective. Lord, you gave us this gift, this practice, this rhythm of fasting to incorporate in our lives, to remind us how dependent we are on the Spirit, to enrich our relationship with you and with others and with the world and just to make us more aware of your presence. And Lord, living in this current cultural moment, we need all of that and more. As we're aching inside from these events that we're currently living in, God, we pray that you would... Uh, draw us closer to yourselves that we would position ourselves to, to humbly be before you and that you would draw near to us and we pray God that you would um, use fasting as one of these practices that we could do that so Lord for, I, I pray for all of my uh, friends and I ask that you would give them wisdom that you would give them the courage to sit in their homesickness for, for you and your kingdom To sit in their hunger For you and their kingdom And that you would use that Hunger and homesickness To give us your perspective And propel us into mission with you Lord we we are completely dependent And reliant on your spirit And we know that you are ready to move And act in our lives And so we invite you to do so In the name of the Father, the Son And the Holy Spirit we pray this Amen. Amen. Be blessed, Church. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community.